Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I won't let my body outweigh. Outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I am strong. I feel free. I know every part of me is beautiful. And I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air. Show some love to the new while you're there. Let's take it one day at a time. Cause you and I outweigh. Happy Saturday, Outweigh. I'm Leanne Ellington, and I'm a friend of Amy's and the author and creator of Stressless Eating. And something cool that Amy asked me to do was to come be the resident guest host for a few episodes of Outweigh. And we started doing this last week. So if you missed that, you'll definitely want to check that out where we got all into the nitty-gritty details of why your brain thinks it wants sugar. So if you struggle with mindless eating or you tend to gravitate towards food when you're bored, sad, lonely, or stressed, or you just sometimes wonder if you're actively self-sabotaging your health, then definitely go back and check that out because it's the piece of the puzzle that, for me, no one ever educated me about. It's also interesting because you might wonder what that has to do with today's topic, which is all about whether social media is helping or harming your self-esteem and your relationship with food in your body. So I'll show you how even though social media and your brain's relationship to sugar might not seem like they're related, by the end of this episode, you'll fully understand how on a brain level, they are absolutely 100% related. But before we dive into that, I want to just give you a sneak peek of what's coming up on Outweigh because once again, this whole conversation around food and our bodies and our health, well, it's definitely this three-dimensional subject matter. And that's why in the coming weeks, we will be talking about things like why you stopped trusting yourself and how to earn your own trust back, why weekend self-sabotage is a thing and what to do about it and how to know if you're using food and exercise as a tool or as a weapon. 
But back to is social media helping or harming your self-esteem and your relationship with food and your body? So this is actually one of the first things I talk to my clients about because it's one of those things that not many people really take into account or think about, but I believe that you can actually tell a lot about someone's emotional health and what I would call their social health based on their relationship with social media. So just to give you some context and almost put a wrapper around what we're going to cover today, there's a big distinction that I want to make. And it's the difference between using something as a tool and using it as a weapon. So a very obvious example would be when I had spine surgery and I was in a lot of pain afterwards, they prescribed me opiates as a tool to help me deal with my pain. And using them responsibly, I could use them as a tool for what they were designed for to help manage my pain. But to the tens of thousands of people that die from opioid overdoses every single year, that same drug, that same substance is no longer a helpful tool, but instead now it's become a weapon of abuse and destruction and addiction. And yeah, even though technically it's the same substance, in one case it's a helpful tool and in one case it's a destructive weapon. So I know that's a very extreme example, but I really just want you to get the concept here. So sugar is another example. It can be a tool for pleasure, for creativity and baking in the kitchen, connecting with family or friends over a treat, and a tool to help regulate insulin and blood sugar for a diabetic. I know sugar has been villainized in today's society, but sugar as it's designed is not this bad or evil thing. But too much of it, using it mindlessly, using it to fill a void of sadness, loneliness, comfort, or stress, or any other air quotes abuse of it, where it harms your health or your lifestyle, that same sugar, that same substance used in a different way can become a weapon that harms us in the long run. And again, if that's something you're currently struggling with, definitely go back and listen to last week's episode of Outwave. So back to this whole social media thing. Is it a tool or is it a weapon? So let's talk about that. On one hand, I can use it as a tool to connect with others, have fun, express myself, find amazing like-minded people with similar interests or similar struggles, you know, access cool information, keep up with current events or happenings. You get the picture, right? So things like Facebook, Instagram, and other social media platforms are and can be one powerful tool if used as a tool. But if I'm using it mindlessly or unintentionally, I can easily become a victim of its wrath and it can easily become a weapon of mass distraction, criticism, judgment, shame, and isolation. Not to mention, social media, if you aren't mindful and intentional or you simply allow it to be, it can be used as one big comparison trap. And you know what they say, comparison is the thief of joy. But especially for the people out there that also struggle with self-esteem or body image or self-worth, I believe that we can be even more susceptible to this. Now, it's important to mention that social media is not this inherently good or bad, right or wrong thing, right? It's not good or bad, healthy or unhealthy. It's simply a matter of how you're using it that determines if it becomes a tool or if it becomes a weapon. And that is simply a matter of who you are being and how you're feeling when you're using it. So for example, when I'm feeling happy and healthy and feeling confident about myself, you know, 
social media is this awesome tool. It doesn't infiltrate my mood. It doesn't send me down a spiral. It doesn't affect me negatively. You know, it might even make me feel more connected to my friends or even uplift my mood. But if I'm already sad or I'm already feeling a little bit wobbly in my self-esteem that day, social media probably isn't the best thing for me in those moments. And if I'm not mindful, it could be the thing that kind of sends me down this spiral or this rabbit hole. And if I'm feeling a bit down, you better believe that my life is going to pale in comparison to the people on my friends list from childhood or the people that have the, you know, air quotes, perfect body or the perfect life or the perfect family or the perfect career, right? And I'm obviously putting perfect in air quotes because there is no such thing. But when I'm using social media to compare myself to others or compare myself to where I think I'm, you know, air quotes, supposed to be or compare my life to someone else's life, of course I'm going going to feel bad because now social media is no longer a tool to make me feel connected. It's become a weapon that I'm using against myself to feel disconnected. And so who's to say I can't look at my Facebook or Instagram feed and simply be happy for those that I'm comparing myself to, right? Who says I have to use it as some measuring stick to stack myself up against when it comes to other people, right? I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't created for this purpose. And that's why I truly believe, you know, we've got to take radical ownership of who we're being and how we're feeling before we pick up our phones or scroll through that feed. Because it literally is going to feed something, you know, it's called a feed, right? So is it going to feed the good feelings or the bad? You know, is it going to feed joy or comparison? Is it gonna be used as a tool of mass connection or a weapon of despair? And that's why it's so important that we use it intentionally, right? Now, that's not to say don't be human, right? Because don't get me wrong, I'm totally human. And the social part of my brain loves seeing that someone hit the like button on my post or that the picture I posted of something I'm doing in my life got some engagement or comments, right? But there's a massive difference between desiring interaction on social media and requiring it in order to feel happy or to fuel your self-esteem. And so again, just being aware of these distinctions is going to give you a whole new awareness so that you can go use social media in a healthy way that fuels your self-esteem and fuels your body image. Because, you know, at the end of the day, influence is influence, right? So again, nothing's good, bad, right, wrong, should, shouldn't, but it's so important to be mindful. And I would even go as far as say vigilant about who and what we are being influenced by. And this is going to potentially change, you know, day by day or just dependent on the season that you're currently in, right? So for example, if I were in the thick of food and body image struggles, it might not be a good idea for me to be around, you know, diet mentality or weight loss centric kind of stuff, right? It might be better for me in those in that season to be influenced by things like, you know, the Outweigh podcast or, you know, things that talk about healing or body image or maybe spiritual stuff or mental emotional self-care, that kind of thing. And so in those moments when I'm susceptible or fragile or vulnerable, Having someone in my feed, and again, not that it's bad or wrong, but having somebody in my feed telling me that a smoothie recipe is going to be, in air quotes, you know, lifesaver or game changer, that might send me down the wrong rabbit hole. Because again, influence is influence. So you do want to start being mindful of things like, you know, is this really good for me right now? And is this good for the person that I'm trying to become? 
so it, it comes down to, or what it's really about is that wisdom and discernment and using social media intentionally, right? And, and really knowing where you are and knowing where you aren't in each moment and getting really, you know, just in tune with what's good for you and what's not good for you. And again, it doesn't mean it's not good for you forever, but you can just use those goggles moment by moment, day by day, and look at it through the, you know, does this serve me or is this good for me kind of filter. And that is the kind of filter and the line of thinking that you can use every single day and it will always meet you where you are. So that's really it. You know, it it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that. You know, you don't have to go do any, you know, deep work around your relationship with social media or anything like that. You just want to shed light and awareness on who you're being and how you're feeling really before, during, and after you use it. And simply just be intentional. And in just a second, I'm going to give you five quick tips that you can use to do just that. But before I do that, I wanted to share a personal anecdote about this. So I love traveling and coming home to my bed because it's comfy and familiar. I love crawling into it. Well, what if you could take your bed on the road with you so that way you got good night's sleep while you're on a trip? And it's not your entire bed, but at least your bedding, which is the best part. Let me introduce you to Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding. Now, Cozy Earth is travel-friendly and hassle-free, and the bedding comes in these adorable totes, which makes it really easy for you to take it on trips with you. They also have really amazing loungewear, so if you're on a long flight, you can stay cool and comfy with Cozy Earth's temperature-regulating bamboo joggers and pullover crew, and it'll add a touch of style to your travel ensemble as well. So whether you're exploring stuff near or far, take a little bit of home with you. Cozy Earth has everything you need to turn every moment into pure bliss. Discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code OUTWAY at checkout to get 35% off. And let them know that we sent you after you check out. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? 
That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Uh, thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I wanted to share a personal anecdote about this. So every once in a while, I do a little what I call feast. So it's kind of the opposite of a fast, right? Where I purposefully spend a lot more time offline and instead I feast on things that fill up my soul. And it just so happens that about 10 days ago, I started one of my feasts. So all I did was I just took Facebook and Instagram off of my phone. I didn't make any hard and fast rules that I wasn't allowed to go on there or anything like that, you know, so I still, you know, go on my laptop and I check my messages and, you know, check a couple things a couple times a day. But the key was it wasn't on my phone or super readily available and accessible. So here's what happened. First off, I wasn't incessantly opening it, right? So my brain was not incessantly seeing and hearing and being influenced by anything or anyone online. But it wasn't just what I wasn't doing or seeing. It was also what I chose to replace that time and energy with. And for me, I just kept it really simple. And I replaced it with reading, listening, and writing. Like, you know, reading and listening to specific books and podcasts that filled my soul and spending time on my own, you know, spiritual practice and writing and being creative. So again, it wasn't complicated. I've literally just been reading and writing and some listening too instead. And don't get me wrong, it was challenging at first because, you know, my brain was very used to looking for those little hits of dopamine I got when checking my phone in between work tasks or just out of habit when I wasn't mindful, right? And again, if you want to know all about that and how that works inside your brain, I did get a bit geeky last week and got into the specifics of this on last week's episode about whey, specifically around the part of your brain that craves sugar. But spoiler alert, this is literally the same part of your brain that craves social media and little hits of that bite-sized entertainment that we tend to go after. So yeah, like I said, this week's episode and last week's episode are more interrelated than it might seem. But I digress, you know, back to the little experiment I took myself on. So yeah, it's not just about what I'm not feeding my brain, but it's about what I am feeding it. But one other important thing to note, and I don't have any empirical evidence about this. It's all anecdotal, of course. But for me, you know, I've never technically been diagnosed with ADHD, but I always kind of felt like I had a little bit of attention deficit. And what I'm deducing from this experiment, and I remember it from the last times I've done it, is that I was creating more of that attention deficit because I was constantly switching around and bopping around on my phone. And I can tell that my attention is already getting so much better just in the few days of being more intentional. And this just goes into that category of our brains are these teachable, pliable, moldable things, right? So I'll just leave it at that because there's there's so much more I can say about all of this. But before we end, I wanted to just give you a few super simple things that you can do to just start taking ownership of your relationship with social media and just become intentional when it comes to whether it's helping or hurting you and whether it's a tool or a weapon. 
So thing number one is just to audit yourself. So, you know, how often are you mindlessly scrolling through your newsfeed out of habit or boredom? And, you know, I'm not talking about actively participating in a group you belong to or posting updates. I'm talking, you know, just strictly mindless, like scrolling and that distracting behavior, right? So just do a little audit. And maybe you can even use the screen time app on your phone and see and just get the facts, like get the data, right? There's no shame in that number whatsoever. But awareness and acceptance of the truth is the first step in changing anything. So just becoming aware and like doing a little audit, right? Thing number two is to go through and more or less, you know, do a purge or a cleanse of people you follow that are not serving you. Because like we talked about, influence is influence. And just make sure that the people that you are following or being influenced by that they're feeding your soul or filling up your cup and influencing you in the direction that you want to be going, right? But also be especially aware of the friends or the influencers that you're following that really rob you of energy, you know? So it's on them when it comes to how they show up online, but it's on you to filter your influences and guard your own energy. And so it can be as simple as just asking yourself, you know, does this person bring me joy or does it rob me of my energy, right? It can be as simple as that. Thing number three is, this might sound interesting, but like yourself first. So number three is to like yourself first. So this is where I just invite you to pay attention to how much of your self-esteem or your mood or your self-worth is attached to how many likes or comments or responses you get on social media. So a quick mindset shift might just be as simple as, you know, before you post something, ask yourself, you know, even if no one likes this or comments or shares this, like, do I still want to share it? And so imagine if you started posting based on what you like and what you think and what makes you happy. And again, it's so subtle, but if you are someone who posts things on social and maybe it's, it's, it's stressful for you, right? Then it could help take some of that stress out of how you think it will be received because you'll be posting for you. Thing number four is to assess your actual human connection levels, right? So for you, like, does your social connection or like your online social media use, does it truly make you feel connected? Or does it create more of a disconnect in your head and your heart? Because humans are wired to seek connection. We are wired for it. It's not just a desire, it's a require. And so if your current level of social connection isn't doing the trick for you, I really invite you to get offline and go seek actual human connection. Because it is the most you know, powerful and most underutilized drug out there, human connection, right? And not to mention it's free. So that's thing number four. And then thing number five is to simply take an inventory of how you're feeling before you log on or open the app. So are you conscious or aware of the situations or times that social media is good for you in moments? Or are you, and are you aware of when social media might not be the best thing for you in those moments, right? So again, this is moment to moment, day by day thing, but when you become mindful of when and how you use social media, you become the boss of your social brain and your mental emotional health, okay? So trust me, I know that this line of self-questioning and these awarenesses, yeah, it's a bit unconventional, but I guarantee that if you take the time and effort to identify the triggers in your life and when you're using things as a tool or a weapon, in this case, you know, we're talking about social media, you're not going to fall victim to your habits anymore and you're not going to feel so out of control. 
And really awareness is the key when it comes to changing any habit that has become fired and wired in your brain. And social media, I mean, it's not going away anytime soon, right? So I, I really do believe it's our duty to make sure that we own it more than it owns us, okay? Because it really is and can be this magical thing and a tool that can create you know massive amounts of expression and connection that wouldn't otherwise be possible without it. But we've got to be intentional when it comes to how and why we use it so that we do get to use it as that powerful tool that it really is. So that's it for today, Outway. I hope this gave you just a bit more perspective and awareness about who you are being and how you are feeling when you're using social media and whether you are using it as a tool or a weapon. And, you know, again, neither one is good or bad, right or wrong. There's no shame, right? It, it just simply becomes a matter of being conscious and aware. So if you liked what you heard today and you want to hear more about the process of rewiring your own brain when it comes to food in your body, um, then feel free to head on over to stresslesseating.com and you can check out my stressless eating webinar where I walk you through the exact five-step game plan that my clients use to heal themselves from that all-or-nothing diet mentality for good. But, you know, without restricting themselves and punishing their bodies and <laughs> definitely without ever having to use words like macros, low-carb, or calorie calorie burn. So I've laid it all out there for you in five easy steps over at stresslesseating.com. And if you liked today's episode, we will be back next week for more Outway, where we're going to talk about why you stopped trusting yourself and how to earn your own trust back. So if you're someone that keeps promises to everyone else but yourself, and you've kind of lost that trust in yourself, or you maybe don't believe yourself when you commit and say, okay, this time's going to be different, join me next week on Outway because we're we're going to talk about all of that and how to earn your own trust back because I promise you, you absolutely can. So I'm Leanne Ellington and I will talk to you then. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, this time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.